Welcome to the Heal and Awaken podcast. And this is our third session with Dr. Paul Douglas, academic dean of New World Ayurveda, author of several books and creator, founder of the Heart-Based Meditation Technique. If you are curious about the Heart-Based Meditation Techniques, I have two recordings in season one of the podcast, so you can scroll down and find those to watch them, to listen to them. Uh, welcome, Dr. Douglas. Thank you. It's wonderful to be back. It's wonderful to have you here. So I thought today we would begin by uh, learning about what this unified field business is. I've heard you talk about it many times, this underlying field of intelligence, as you've called it at times. So if you would um, help us understand it, that would be wonderful. Well, I think the thing that makes this fascinating is that we're living in a time when we're seeing the wisdom of the ancient sages being discovered in modern physics. And so both are saying the same thing, just speaking different language. You know, the physicists, it's the language of math. And uh, the ancient sages, uh, the language of consciousness. And yet, at the end of the day, what they're both saying is that if you look at the force fields that make up our physical existence, they all arise out of one underlying field of energy and intelligence. And that one unified field gives rise to everything in creation. And because it is everywhere and gives rise to everything, it's within us also. And this is what the ancient sages were saying, that all of life, all of the doshas, all of the elements, all of the mahabhutas, everything arises out of one underlying field. And that field is consciousness. And even the physicists are, you know, finding this too. I mean, they do these experiments where they realize that the consciousness of the observer, of the physicist, observing the instrument has an impact on the outcome. Wow. Just the mere fact that the experiment's being observed alters the outcome. And so there must be a, a field that connects everything. And it is this underlying field of consciousness, this unified fields of all the laws of nature. Thank you for that. Now, can you connect for us consciousness and love? the highest form of love. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might not be able to connect it for you, but it is connected. <laughs> okay, tell us more. 
So there are certain qualities to this field that it contains within it certain structures. It has a certain essence. And the ancient sages described this field as of absolute pure consciousness as having a structure that is blissful. This sat, chit, ananda, sat, absolute, eternal truth, the chit consciousness, pure consciousness, and ananda, bliss. This expression from the yogic tradition gives us this window into the fact that consciousness, this field has a fabric to it. And when we experience that fabric, it gives rise to blissfulness. Now, this word love is a four letter word. It's very <laughs> tricky. You have to be careful how you use it. And what we don't readily recognize is that when we experience the bliss of consciousness, that opens the heart and that gives rise to the joy of being. And joy is just another facet of love. So within this field is structured the essence of all of creation, we could say the essence of the divine. It's really the essence of all creation. And when we connect with it, it's first experiences of blissfulness. And that gives rise to the various facets of the heart, such as generosity or appreciation and gratitude, when we experience this bliss of being, when we experience the joy that resides deep within us, when we experience this, we can't help but feel a fullness. And out of that fullness comes generosity, out of that fullness comes appreciation, out of that fullness comes gratitude. All of these are facets of that four-letter word. <laughs> and so what we attain to as we, as we meditate and we connect with this field of consciousness is we attain to this experience of the truth, the absolute truth, the eternal truth, that our being is blissful that in this expression of blissfulness is really the foundation for the flow of love, which is really the essence of our divinity and the essence of the divine. And so experiencing that we come to this place of expansiveness and peacefulness out of which arises acceptance and this sense of 
presence and a sense of harmony and invincibility. And with this and with the fullness of being, we're able to easily have compassion. We're able to easily go into forgiveness. And so all of these facets of the heart are interwoven into the essence of consciousness. The problem is, in the beginning, when we experience consciousness by itself, it often just feels like flat peacefulness. And we need to be cultivating the heart. We need to be cultivating the ability to experience at the subtle level right before consciousness that really points to the value of a mantra in the meditation process where we can begin to experience the very finest level of, or the finest energy of the sound. And through that, develop our ability to be awake and aware as to the fabric that underlies the peacefulness that we attain to in meditation. So all of that sounds very abstract once you've had the experience of it, but basically what I'm wanting you to consider is that the source of love, like the source of everything, is this field of consciousness. And as we come to know this field more, we come to carry more of the facets of love into our daily life. So the more we expand our consciousness, the more we, come be, we can become the embodiment of love. We can experience it and in, inwardly as well as outwardly. Well, here's the inside secret. <laughs> it's not that we embody it. It's that we are it. And we come to know that that's what we are. The essence of our being is love. That's, that's who we are. Now, I say that hesitantly, again, because that word has so many different associations and meanings to people. But that's really the essence of consciousness and the essence of our lives and that's really the whole point is our discovery of our divine nature of the fact that we are an expression of that highest form of love now there are people that i speak with who say that they're not sure if we're divine. Yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> the problem is that all of this has been based on belief and it's been based on people trying to teach you what reality is instead of giving you the techniques for you to discover it yourself. And that's why I hesitate to use the word love. I, I like to talk about the facets of the heart or the aspects of being. Until we discover and come to know those, 
it can seem like an idea, an abstraction, just a fanciful belief. And, and the world is tired of fanciful beliefs. We crave for direct experience and direct knowing. This is the problem with religion. And this, and this is why people are so, so t- much turning away from religion is that as the world gets more and more connected, people see that it's, you know, this person's belief against this person's belief. And this just leads to problems. And so many people don't want to get tied into a group or to a religion that would just support more of that kind of conflict. And so rather than taking a deeper dive into what the religion is actually based on and having a direct, more direct experience of that, they give up or they say, well, I'm not sure that this, any of this is true. And what's needed in all of the religions, what's needed in all of society are those methods and techniques for exploring deep within ourselves to discover who we are, to discover the being within us, to discover the facets and the aspects of being and the facets of the heart that are present deep within us. And with those techniques, with that, with those methods of contemplation and with those realizations, one doesn't have to believe anything. This is something I tell my students most of the time. Don't believe anything I say. I want you to develop your awareness. I want you to develop your consciousness so that you know from firsthand experience what is true. So why is this important? Because I know, I know a certain group of people or I have a set of people in my life who are very incredibly invested in their evolution and their growth. And they're willing to endure or explore whatever needs to be explored in order to um, remain on this journey. And then I know people who are numb from their pain, who are just going through the motions of doing their job and driving and raising children, paying their bills. Why is it even important? for the average person to, to be interested in this or to be invested in this? Well, I don't think anyone needs to really know much about the unified field and <laughs> physics. It's only important in that it gives more, shall we say, an objective view. I think what's important is that we recognize that the world is very much in need of ending the suffering. And it's, it's this lack of direct ways to discover what is 
the nature of that which is most intimate to us, our, our own awareness. It's direct ways to discover that, that, that are needed, that then unfold the truth. And when we come to discover that, what, what we actually are, when we come to discover that place within our own heart that is infinitely peaceful. When we have that, then we can transform suffering. And as we explore that peace more deeply, we find it has a, we start to find that fabric that the silence, the peacefulness has a fabric. It has a liveliness and a pleasantness to it that as we explore deeper, we discover this and come to the joy of being and come to the discovery of who we actually are and, and what we're actually doing through all of these experiences in life. And so it's really about getting out of suffering. And it's really important to understand that since it's deep within us, within our own being, within our own hearts, that we don't, that we don't need to chase after things outside of ourselves in that the path to discovering these is, is very short. <laughs> it doesn't even require one step. <laughs> it's right where you are. Yeah. You just need a little bit of assistance in unfolding the experience of who you are. A little bit of direction, a little bit of guidance, some meditation and contemplation techniques to under, understand and to uncover this. And and to realize that the path to freedom and the path to happiness can be full of joy, can be full of bliss, and doesn't have to take lifetimes. So I have a question about people who are numb people who are numb and they've purposefully become numb or unconsciously to avoid pain. And then there are people who will overdo things in the world to avoid pain or, and therefore create more suffering. So yeah. where do each of these people begin? If they come to some glimpse of an idea of, I, I would like less suffering, where do each of these types of people begin? I think there are two things that are really important. When we shut down the heart, because it's just been so overwhelmingly painful, 
we first need to nurture, we need to rest. We need to be able to have a time of recovery where we're really giving ourselves and the nervous system the deepest of rest. And secondly, we need a way to come to know ourselves outside of the mental emotional field. And that is this an effortless meditation practice. Which, if it is um, effortless and deep, will also provide that deep rest and nourishment that the, the person and the nervous system need. And so something like the heart-based meditation practice that allows us to go deep within and to really let go of the mind let go of focusing on the impressions or on the memories and just go deeply into that um, into that peace within us that is what's needed to start unwinding all of the stress and start healing the pain So that's the place to start, is to start with the nurturing and nourishing and with deep rest and to work with shifting, expanding our awareness and shifting out of the identification that happens with our mental and emotional aspects. So would you say that the more we're, we are invested in and remain in the mental emotional plane that we are pretty much stuck in suffering? Well, not necessarily. I mean, um, there are a couple of different things that can happen where you know people have done a lot of inner development and they've they've done a lot of work and reprogram the mental emotional so that it's not so toxic but i think for most people there is that um that reality that uh, that we tend to think that our thoughts are us or that our emotions are us and obviously when those are difficult then we have a lot of suffering now it's not just through suffering that we can get out of this so my recommendation is not to wait till you're in that state rather to be proactive and to start working with this self-discovery that comes as we 
become less identified with thoughts and emotions and come to know who it is who's experiencing these. Yeah, and I think that it is our birthright to experience joy and love and do our very best to remain in a state of pure consciousness as we deal with the outer world. But nobody can do that for us. Nobody can give us that gift. It really is our own spiritual responsibility. And uh, there's really no need to wait for anything. It's certainly not a calamity or a health problem to start that journey. Yeah, there's no need to wait. And it's also important for us to recognize that there are, are more direct ways to discover ourselves, discover what it is that resides deep within us. It's very hard to get out of the suffering if we are not able to discover our true self. It's sort of like, you know, this is sort of the challenge when we talk about love is that, you know, it's very difficult to talk about because most of us don't even know the source of it. We don't know how to connect to the source of it. And that's why a lot of times I avoid talking about it and I just try to get people to connect to the source without without really talking about love but really this is the source of everything and here we have an entire podcast dedicated <laughs> to the thing you don't want to talk about <laughs> funny how that works yes indeed <laughs> yeah it's very hard when it's like how are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen old Paris? you know <laughs> it's like once you've experienced the, the, the depth of, of the love and bliss, it's like hard not to talk about it. Yeah, and um, I want to go in a slightly personal direction. I know you've initiated hundreds of people, and I know you uh, went through your own initiations to find this, be the founder of this system, the heart-based meditation technique. I know you have a huge heart and you're so generous and I've been the recipient of your generosity for many, many years uh, on many levels. Uh, share with us uh, where this journey began because our first podcast we, talk about, we talked about your uh, journey into Ayurveda and medical school. Um, tell us a little bit more about your journey into consciousness how did that come about yeah so this is something that um, <laughs> would take a uh, a few thousand hours uh, to explain but i think you know it started very young when i was um 15 years old and really looking at um, really looking at the suffering in the world 
uh, you know, when I was 15, approximately two thirds of the world went to bed hungry every night. And there were huge challenges um, for most people to survive. And I just felt overwhelmed with that. And, you know, life just didn't make much sense to me. And it was really out of trying to understand life and trying to answer the question of how, how could there be a creator that would allow such suffering to take place that, that really spurned me on to um, explore. And the first thing, you know, I had a brother who was very philosophical and he started slipping me all these philosophy books that, you know, the great thinkers, what they had to say about life and about suffering. And, and in that process uh, over exploring a, a couple of years, um, I think it was probably when I was 16, maybe 17, he slipped me this book called The Master Game, Beyond the Drug Experience. And it was all about how in order to make sense of life, we, we find a game worth playing. For some, it's um, the art game where the sort of the purpose in life is beauty and, and the creation of beauty. For some, it might be the religion game trying to seek salvation. For some, it might be the householder game trying to find our purpose and meaning and serving our family. And then there are the lower games, the ego games of, you know, I'm the, <laughs> there's, there's one called uh, Cock on a Dunghill, which is about the, uh, you know, the, the biggest rooster on, on this pile of dung, uh, which is, um, again, trying to, all the comp competitive stuff that, that gives some people meaning to try to prove themselves. And above all of these, the highest game was the master game, which was about awakening. Awakening to the reality of who we are and what life is. And the book talked about how, you know, drugs can't really get you there. They may give you some glimpses, but the way to get there is through meditation and spiritual practice and through um, energy awareness and uh, through things like the martial arts. And so it was then I decided um, to explore the martial arts and to learn to meditate. And when I started meditation, uh, my life transformed. So that, that's the beginning. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. And I know you ran the meditation center in Ann Arbor for many years, didn't you? Later. Mm, no. 
that wasn't i didn't run it <laughs> you were attending meditation then probably wow. yeah there was a there's a lot of of uh, things that I've done with various groups uh, over yeah. over um, my life, and I, I do have to give credit to um, the many different teachers, so really wise uh, individuals who uh, shared their wisdom with me, and that's allowed me to to share it now with you. So thank you so much. And um, I will put the website link in the show notes for heart-based meditation as well as New World Ayurveda and the link to Dr. Douglas's um, books on Amazon that are several. Can you tell us how many there are? Eight? Eight books? <laughs> I don't know how many are out on Amazon. I, I think there are eight, yeah. Okay. And uh, initiations happen, I believe, once a month with Dr. Douglas. So if you are wanting to study from the founder of the system, here is your opportunity to check out the heartbasedmeditation.com website. And uh, thank you so much, Dr. Douglas, for being here and for talking about your experiences and uh, for also talking about love that you weren't expecting <laughs> you're very <laughs> welcome it's always a joy <laughs> and i think it's going to help many many people to hear your wisdom to gain some different perspectives and really feel inspired to take the next step in awakening their own consciousness so thank you so much for being here on the Heal and Awaken podcast. My name is Aparna, and we will return with Dr. Douglas for episode four. We don't know what the topic is yet. And um, thank you so much for listening. And many blessings to all of you. And thank you, Dr. Douglas. You're very welcome. <laughs>